everybody, welcome to another episode of Mike the Principal Podcast. Appreciate you uh, tuning in again to check out uh, the podcast. Again, we have extended content to video and YouTube, our YouTube channel. So we're really excited about bringing content uh, in that format and continuing to do so. So you can check us out on podcast, YouTube. Um, again, you know, if you like like what you hear, you know, please, please absolutely share this content. Uh, make sure you click the subscribe button. Um, and, uh, and like our content, we'd greatly appreciate it. So uh, today we're gonna be talking about a really interesting topic uh, called reviving engagement. I recently uh, came across an article uh, put out by the Gallup organization who you know, does a lot of, lot of polling, um, a lot of surveying of, of different, different groups of people across the country. And they wrote an article that was titled, um, How Education Leaders Can Revive uh, Teacher Engagement. And I'll drop a link to the article in the show notes, um, but it really resonated with me in terms of some questions that, that I just uh, just came to front of mind. And so often we talk about engagement in schools and we refer to um, most oftentimes, right, student engagement. And we don't often talk about how leaders are engaging uh, with their teachers and that's really kind of where this, um, you know, where this this article brought me. So, you know, how are we engaging with the people that we lead as as school based leaders? And it made me reflect a little bit on the workplace environment in general, but how the workplace environment really has changed um, since we have come back from the pandemic. Um, it's a dramatically different place for teachers. Uh, the schoolhouse is is completely different and we need to be mindful of that i think as as leaders i think we need to be cognizant of how much has changed um, for teachers for students but 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 more importantly in our work with our teachers understanding the impact that that has on the day-to-day -day in their classrooms and it we're going to talk a little bit about you know teacher working conditions and as a leader, really reflecting on what that means. Um, what does it look like in your building? And that, that matters right now. Um, the working conditions for our teachers in our classrooms, we have to, as leaders, we have to pay attention to that. And uh, whether you're a district leader, school leader, the, the working conditions for your teachers in, in your buildings is really important for you to be honed in on. And that is directly tied to teacher retention, right? Which is, a if, if, you, if you reach out to me and say, hey Mike, um, teacher retention is not an issue, uh, I'm gonna call you out on it, because I don't believe it. Um, we really have to work uh, to keep the teachers, the incredible teachers that, that are doing great work uh, in our buildings and the working conditions that our teachers face is directly tied to that. And in turn, right, if, if teachers are, are burnt out and, and, you know, we as leaders, like we have to, we have to care about that, that, that the reality of today requires us, um, to pay attention to those things. They're really, really relevant for leaders. So how are we, uh, this, this article really brought to life is like, how are we as in, and as leaders engaging our teachers? And it's something that, um, Gallup 
highlighted in their piece, right? So, uh, you know, when you, some of the data that they presented really grabbed my attention just from, you know, the principal mindset, right? But, but burnout rates, they broke it down by burnout rates by industry and K-12 teachers are at the top of the list. And while that doesn't necessarily surprise me, which is an unfortunate statement for me to have to make, um, it's, it's a reality that we have to start doing something about. Uh, we cannot allow our teachers in our K-12 schools to be, to be burnt out or getting burnt out at the rate that they are. And when compared against uh, other industries, um, it's a major issue. And, and, and that's a direct tie to our, our retention issues, right? Like if we're, if we're, you know, when we talk about teacher retention, I don't know that we're, I don't know that we're looking at teacher engagement as part of that, right? I think we just look at recruitment and retention strategies because the, the urgency there is so great, but we really need to, to look at, um, and what this article brought to light is really about how we can revive engagement as a school leader, um, with our teachers. And we know burnout directly infects, it affects students, right? If, it, if it's impacting teacher job performance, which we know the teacher burnout is absolutely going to, to affect the quality, uh, that a teacher is going to bring to the classroom, then we know in turn that that's going to impact the students that are in that teacher's classroom. And um, they, they, there were some stunning statistics that were brought out in, in, in the article um, that, you know, teachers who are feeling burnout are 63% more likely on average than other U.S. workers to take a sick day. And I know when I was a leader in a building, um, you know, you, you always held your breath on, on Fridays and Mondays because the amount of, of teachers sometimes that were out was a was a challenge, you know, for us to be able to fill. But I don't know that I ever looked at it from the the mindset of like me as a leader and making sure that I'm engaging at a deeper level with my staff to really dig deep to see how I can prevent that burnout. And if I know as a leader, sixty my, my teachers who are burnt out are 63% more likely to not be in school um, that's a, that's a problem that I need to address and that I can, I can hopefully start to do something about, you know, in addition to that, they, they dropped, um, a, a stat that burnout, it will, it will cause a teacher to be 2.6%, uh, 2.6 times more likely to go and look for employment elsewhere. Right. And that's, that's what we ultimately need to stop. This is our challenge. This is our challenge, whether we like it or not, this is the challenge that we're faced with is how do we recruit, but more importantly, how do we keep the best quality that we can in our classrooms? This is our challenge. So what are we going to do about it? And that, that's a really important piece. And, you know, there was, you know, it, it got me to think about, um, as I was digging a little bit deeper, um, as I was, you know, kind of debriefing this article, um, you know, the percentage of K-12 teachers, uh, Gallup put out some additional data, the percentage of K-12 teachers who strongly agreed that they, that they were not in an environment that allowed them to do their best work, 
um, it was, it was, it, that, that amount of teachers decreased by 17% from pre pandemic levels, which means that our teachers are not believing that they are in an environment right now where they can do their best work. And this, you know, it, this is just in a different, a different way of thinking, a different perspective for me. Uh, as an educational leader, I think that that's really important way to think about that. Like, am I building an environment and have I asked my staff, am I in touch with my staff at a deep enough level where I, where they feel like they can do their best work for me? And I think that that's a really purposeful question that as a leader you can ask. You know, we know what Hattie's research says about collective efficacy, right? The hinge point, it's well beyond the hinge point. And we know that the, that the impact that a, a collective group of, of staff members and teachers and leaders that believe that they can do that work, it has a tremendous impact on students. And if we have teachers um, who are surveyed that say that they're not in an environment where they can do their best work, that's a problem. And the article uh, in, you know, again, like I said, I'll drop it in the show notes, but it talked about, do you have a strength, a strength based culture? Like, are you putting employees in the right positions with the right kids to maximize their strengths and employees that know their strengths are six times more likely to be engaged and, and believe that they can have a real impact on kids and 57% less likely to experience burnout just by putting them in the right right spots. And I, it made me think like, how as a leader can I change that? Can I do something about that? The reality of it is that it's, it's not difficult, right? I can ask them and have conversations with them to know like, what do you need in your classroom to be incredibly successful? And how as a leader can I help to make that happen? And if I'm not like if I'm not if I haven't explicitly asked that question, there's a problem. Like we can we need to go and we need to we need to be explicit and purposeful about asking these questions of teachers so that we can better understand like what their needs are. And then when we know what their strengths are, we need to incorporate those strengths. I think about um, well, a great non-example, right? Is look at how master schedules are often developed. We will put we will put teachers really based on their wants, but not necessarily always on their strengths, right? Like sometimes I remember, you know, we'd have schools where, you know, our, our students who, who had our greatest needs were with our first year teachers. Like that's not putting, that's not putting people's strengths to work. And we really need to be thinking about that. Like, are you, have you positioned and built a, designed a, a schedule that really puts people's strengths at the forefront to ultimately have an impact on student? And then, you know, on top of that, like, what else are we, how else are we maximizing and tapping into the strengths of our teachers? Like, are we tapping them on the shoulder and saying like, hey, the strategies that we see you employing, they're incredible. Like, how are you going to share that with colleagues? And are we building that that strengths-based culture? And I thought that that was a really interesting way of, of looking at it as a leader that I had not necessarily thought about. Um, and then, you know, I think it's important for teachers to know 
what's expected of them to get that that performance from them, if that makes sense. Um, when you look at the, the data, only four in 10 teachers feel like they know what's expected of them in their school building. Four of 10, 40% of teachers actually know what's expected of them when they go to work on a daily basis of those surveyed. And that's, that's a problem. Like, have you, you know, and as a, as a leader, there's an easy remedy for that, right? Have you, have you established clear expectations? And, and if you think you have, and your teachers are, are still feeling that way, then it's time to reestablish clear expectations and protocols in your building, period. And it's as important to tell folks what their job is as it is to tell them what their job is not. Like if you don't have a roles and responsibilities list of whose who's lane is what in your building, you need to do that. It's important for people to understand and have a very clear um, grasp for what is expected of, of, of the team members that you have in your building. And then when they, you know, when you've clearly articulated what those jobs are, you need to celebrate the hell out of them and appreciate the work that they're doing in surpassing your expectations and you need to to appreciate that effort it's it's really building a culture where clarity and reassurance are are built around what people are responsible for and moving that work forward and you know the the reality is that words out right like words word the word is out that the teaching profession is incredibly difficult and the challenges that our teachers across the country are facing is a reality for for school leaders like how are we going to deal with that and we have to do something about it because the reality is that when you look at the data there is a decrease in the number of students that are enrolling in teacher prep programs ed week put out some incredible graphics um showing uh, and I'll drop those in the show notes as well, the link to the graphics, but a, an incredible decrease in the number of students that are enrolling in teacher prep programs across the country. They even went a step further and they broke it down and they showed the change in enrollment just over the past like 12, 10 to 12 years by state. And the the drops are incredible. I mean, it, it it's, it's something that is a... Um, is something that is impacting every single state across across the country, and we have to do something about it. Um, but I'll drop those links in the show note as well. So um, yeah, it's absolutely something that we need to take take care of. But I thought that the piece uh, that the Gallup uh, folks put out about reviving this idea, reviving engagement with our staff, was a really important one that I wanted to talk about. And um, hopefully, you took took something away from that. Hopefully, you'll go back to your schools. And be able to engage in some conversations with some 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 staff members and faculty members, and um, you know move that work forward. So you know again, uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, you know please please be sure to click the subscribe button, um, drop us a, a review on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, we always greatly appreciate that. Be sure to uh, share the podcast with your favorite educators. Again, uh, till next time, appreciate you uh, tuning in, appreciate you listening, and uh, have a great week.